Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Welcome to Sailing to Success podcast. This show was created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm. So my name is Lindsay Phillips, and I'm your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. I'm the founder and CEO of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners calm the choppy waters of fast-paced business growth. So you can learn more about what we do at www.ssonlinesupport.com. So I created this podcast to not only motivate and inspire you to achieve more, but to also share some really practical tips and business building strategies that you can use to be more productive, boost your profits, and grow your business. Um, and we're definitely going to get to that today because, of course, a big part of online business is websites. So my special uh, guest today is Stephen Christopher. And he is the CEO of Sequest Marketing Technologies. He's cultivated a, a really great team. They love helping business owners grow their companies using SEO, web development, conversion strategies. Um, he's a great guy, avid student of personal business development because he believes that we definitely need to grow individually in order to provide more value to those that we work for, which I definitely agree. He and his team consistently strive to be the best online marketing firm in their industry and provide service and tangible results. And I have worked with, um, with Steven, with um, a client of mine that we both work with together, and uh, I know firsthand what a great job he does. So welcome, Steven, and thanks so much for coming on my show. Hey, Lindsay. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you having me on today and the awesome introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know you do a lot of things with SEO, pay-per-click, um, and so forth, but today I want to talk about web design. Um, me being through it, you know, a few times for myself and for my clients, and we are working on a website together right now for one of my clients or our clients, I guess. Um, and there's, there's more to this just, of course, you know, getting a domain and throwing something up there. Um, there are, I'm sure, definite do's and definite don'ts. Um, one thing I want to talk about first, though, because it's so key, is those terms of like mobile web design and what is responsive web design. Um, so can you talk to our listeners a little bit about that and kind of what the differences are? Yeah, absolutely. So first, let's, let's just talk real quick about why is this even important? You know, why does it yeah. even matter if you have a mobile website? And the, the reason why it's so important is because as, as, as you know, and as all of your listeners know, even if they don't know the statistics, it's pretty obvious that most of our communication and most of our uh, research and online searches are going to mobile. You know, everybody's walking around with their phones. They got tablets. Um, that's the place where most people are doing searches now. And the, the statistics 
actually somewhere between 40 and 50% of searches on Google are now done from mobile devices. So you have to have some sort of an online or some sort of a mobile presence or at least a mobile friendly website in order to have the opportunity to even show up in searches and then also to make sure that people stick around and they can take the actions that you want them to take on your website. So mobile is something that absolutely needs to be considered when you're building a site or even maybe updating your site. So, you know, as we progress through the, the kind of the mobile shift in the last five to seven years, what we used to do is we would create an, a separate website. So it would be a mobile website. I remember that. Yeah, like the, the M dot whatever your, your domain yeah. is. So you actually, most people would actually have two websites. You'd have your standard desktop website and then you'd have your mobile website that was M dot. And, you know, we really only stopped building those a few years ago. And so what happened is Google came out and said, all right, we don't really like that because now you have two websites. It's not a great user experience. If you change something on one and forget it on the other one, you're not giving a good experience to that user. So they kind of came out with some new guidelines and they want to see sites built in what's called responsive. And so what responsive is, is instead of having two different websites, now your website will respond and resize itself to the size screen it's being viewed on. So whether you're viewing it on a 50 inch monitor in a conference room or uh, a smaller old iPhone, you know, an iPhone five or something like that, the, the same website will actually respond and react to the, that size screen. So it'll, if it's done correctly, now the person on a 50 inch monitor has a great user experience and the person on the smaller iPhone has a great user experience and then everything in between. So no matter if you're on an iPad or a Samsung tablet, they're also going to have that really good experience. So now you only have one website. So when you make changes, you only have to make it to one. And if this, if the site is built correctly, it'll automatically resize those changes that you're making to be mobile friendly. Makes so much more sense, eh? And it amazes me that the technology, like, it knows. And even, like, I know when you're looking at uh, different analytics and stats on your website, you can see how many people are looking on your website on, like, a computer or how many are looking on it on a mobile device, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point. That's something to, to look at. If you don't have a mobile responsive site yet, look at your analytics and see how many of your users are using mobile devices to view your site. And that will tell you, Oh my gosh, I have to go build, you know, a responsive site today. If 30 or 40% of your traffic is from mobile, then that means you're missing out on a lot of additional traffic. So if if someone doesn't have a mobile friendly site and it's, you know, they've had it for a while or whatever, do they have to start from scratch or can you go in there and just make adjustments to make it responsive? So it's a, it's really going to depend. It's truly a case by case. If you have somewhat of a newer website um, that was built well at the time it was built, you can convert it to mobile responsive. So you can basically make it to where it will start resizing. And 
we do, we, we, we used to do a decent amount of those. We don't really do them anymore because most people have already converted or they're just right. one, but it is possible. And what you would want to look at is you'd want to get probably one or two quotes from different web development companies to see what's your cost for converting it to responsive versus what's your cost for just building a new website. Cause maybe now is the time. That's true. Website. Yeah. And, um, as far as checking out if your site is mobile friendly within Google's guidelines, there's Google has a really cool tool called their mobile friendly checker. And so you can go there, put your website in and it'll tell you if it's mobile friendly or not. And it'll, right. kind of tell you, it'll actually tell you some of the things that you can fix to make it more mobile friendly. And to find that uh, you just go to Google and type in Google mobile friendly checker and it'll come up as the, the first link. Perfect. I'll stick that in the resource in the show notes too, because it's kind of handy to have. Um, I know I've used it a couple of times for a couple of clients and because sometimes you don't know. <laughs> it's like, how do you find out? <laughs> yeah. That and obviously, you know, grab your phone and, <laughs> and see what it looks like so that you know exactly what people are seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's so funny because that's, that's the test that so many people actually don't do. A lot of people will go to Google or some other sort of mobile friendly checker and they'll put it in there and say, okay, cool. It's mobile friendly, but they don't actually take the time to look at it in their phone and say, all right, does this make sense the way it's laid out based on what the objective of the website is? Yeah. Can people find things easily and does it look proper and what have you? Absolutely. It's all about testing, right? 100%. So how often should you update or change your website? I heard someone say recently that, I mean, you pretty much have to completely redo your website every two years anyways, just to freshen it up and new technologies and what have you. Do you have a certain guideline of how often someone should update or change their website? That's a great question. And we get it all the time right now. Every couple years, is about what you should be looking at for updating your website mm. because of just how fast technology has been changing and coming out lately. But in the future, we don't know what that's going to look yeah. like. We don't even know. I mean, nowadays we don't even know what devices are going to be out by the end of the year. So we don't know how people are going to search differently. We don't know how the website is going to have to interact with whatever new is coming. And that's just the device technology. So, think about all the cool different web design technology that's going to come out over the course of just this year Totally, that doesn't even exist yet. So, I mean, a decent rule of thumb is just kind of be prepared and budget for, if not a fully brand new website every couple of years, at least putting money aside to update your website, you know, once a year, once every two years, just to make sure that it's keeping up with what technology is out there based on how people are searching. That's the important thing to remember is everything is based on how are people searching and what technology is available. Absolutely. Yeah. It it always amazes me how much changes in our business. Just when you think you know everything. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I noticed on your website, you kind of have a couple of key phrases, you know, what makes your website usable? What makes it searchable? What do you mean by those? Yeah, so this kind of encompasses the bigger reason to have a website. Mm-hmm. And so many people kind of forget why they have a website. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, a business owner, 
a lot of business owners, especially true small businesses. And when I say small business, I'm not talking just the person working out of their basement that's a solopreneur. I mean, small businesses even making five, 10, $20 million a year in revenue, they forget why they even have a website. And the, the problem is most web development companies aren't good enough to even know what questions to ask to truly build a good website for a client. So kind of what, where I'm going with all this and what I mean by that is a, a business owner generally is proud of their company. Yeah. So they're excited to tell the story about how it started. I mean, you and I will use kind of the plumbing industry as an example, because we have that mutual client there. Right. You know, they're really excited to talk about how grandpa Jim and great grandpa Jim started the company in 1898. And we had this many trucks and we had this many employees. And then they, they go on to tell that whole 110 year story all on the homepage of their website. Yeah. I've seen that so many times. <laughs> Yeah. And so, um, in a lot of web design companies will say, okay, cool. That, that's what you want on your, your website. That's what we'll put on there. But what they're missing is the customer doesn't necessarily want to know all of that, or at least not have it all shoved down their throat right on the homepage. Well, they just care about themselves and what's in it for me or how can you help me? Right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a, a really, really good point that we talk about a lot is what's in it for me. That's what the customer wants to know. So when you start talking about kind of objectives and key phrases and streamline websites, you want to really pick the top one to three objectives of your website. What are those? So for, we'll use the plumbing industry. It's, you know, you want somebody to call or fill out a form to schedule service or in their case, a lot of times download coupons because now they capture their contact information. So what we do when we build those sites is we kind of take those three main objectives and take out pretty much everything else. Now we'll put some supporting information in there like social proof in the form of reviews. We'll put some little tidbits about you know, uh, where the company is located, uh, a small list of services that they offer but we don't put a ton of text in there because every additional piece of information that you put specifically on your homepage mm. is one more piece of information that will distract the customer from doing what you truly want them to do. Exactly. I think about the goals and some people put so much on their you know, homepage or website and you go there and your eyes are like, you don't even know what to do. And half the time you're like, Oh, next <laughs> and you click off to try to go to a different one. Yeah, it's crazy. And then even from a from a technical side, the more information you put on the the homepage, the longer it's going to take to load. Oh, that's and true. The longer the longer your load time is, um, the less of a search engine friendly website you now have. So, yeah, a, a kind of a cool rule of thumb that we'll talk with new clients about when we're building a website is we'll say, all right, take everything that you want to put on the homepage or everything that you have on your current homepage, and cut it in half cut out 50% of it. Yeah. And you know, they kind of generally say, Oh, well, this is really important. We got to have it. So <laughs> exactly. once we get through it and they cut out 50% of it, we go back and say, okay, cool. You did great. Um, by the way, cut out 50% more. Yep. And normally we don't make it to a full 50% the second time, but it makes them think and they'll, we'll end up cutting out a couple other things. And now we have a really good streamline homepage that helps them accomplish the objective of what they actually want their website to do. 
And that's one of the biggest issues with a lot of web development companies is they don't do that. They do whatever the client tells them to do. And that's not fair to the client because it's not their area of expertise. Well, and no, absolutely. And you're going to someone to get that expertise. And also the bottom line is you want results, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If you're going to pay five or 10 or 20 or $50,000 for a website, it's got to produce something that generates business in most cases when it comes to websites, you know, it's got to generate revenue. Absolutely. So what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that people make um, on their websites? <laughs> so I'm sure your list is long, Stephen, but <laughs> yeah, let's keep it to, let's keep it to the really simple stuff. And some of yeah. these, some of these will be really funny. Um, one of the big mistakes people don't put contact information on the homepage. I've seen that before and you're searching and you're looking and you're like, where the hell is it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, standard practice or kind of at least how we do it based on what people are used to seeing is on your website, put your phone number, assuming that you're a business that wants to generate phone calls as one of your main objectives, put your phone number in giant letters in the upper right hand corner. That's where people look for it. Now we'll get people that'll push back and say, Oh, I want to be different. I want to do this. I want to put it there. That's okay to be a little bit different, but be different in a way that matters in a way that's going to make you stand out. Not that's going to make it more difficult. for So if everybody in your industry has the phone number in the upper right hand corner and, and you have a client that's going to go through and select maybe you and two other vendors, put your phone number in the upper right hand corner. You, you know, don't be different just to be different when it could potentially cost you business. Exactly. That makes sense. So yeah, that's surprisingly that one still makes the top of the list every wow. single time. And um, kind of along the same lines with contact information is, you know, have some sort of a, of a form that people can fill out and contact you because if you're open, let's say eight to five and your phone switch off to some sort of a voicemail at night, people want instant gratification. So by giving them the ability to fill out some sort of a form or contact you in some way, shape or form electronically, now they can accomplish their goal by contacting you right now. And at least you'll have that lead sitting in your inbox. The worst case, I would assume the next morning, but it's generally the people that respond the fastest that have the best chance of getting that business. So make sure you're giving your potential customers multiple ways to contact you throughout the site. Yeah, I agree. And I just submitted two contact forms the other night for something and I haven't heard back from either one. So if someone does fill out a contact form, answer them back. (laughs) That drives me nuts. It's crazy. I mean, it's like in the last year, this has become an epidemic. I mean, give me a break. It's a lead. You paid a lot of money. You paid a lot of money to drive that person to the site. And now you're just kind of like so many businesses are just like, well, yep, I got a lead. I'll deal with it in a couple of days. I'm busy. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> Either that or test and make sure that you are getting the notification of that contact form. Um, uh, Cause that sometimes can be a little technical glitch, right? It just kind of goes into internet land and it gets lost. Very, very good point. And, even I forget some of the, the super basics sometimes. That's a great one. Um, like for our clients, we have it set to where we test their forms once a month. Because oh, even, wow. 
yeah, even though it worked this month, right. you just never know. I mean, it's, it's technology. It breaks. Their it IT department might have changed something. Um, maybe somebody in their company tried to make a, a change to the website. Yeah. So, yeah, we just go in and test forms once a month. That's a good idea because sometimes when you put in other new plugins, it makes other things go all wonky. <laughs> yeah, right. We, as, we've, we, as we've learned, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we know, we know that all too well. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, that's yeah. great that you have that practice for sure. All right. So give me a couple of other uh, mistakes because they're good. So you actually just brought up one that I didn't even have on my list, but with, um, with clientele that is either building their own websites or managing their own websites, which I think a lot of, you know, even a lot of our clients uh, want to have some management capabilities within their sites. Most people are building in WordPress now. And so most people are familiar with or trying to do things through the use of plugins. And what people don't realize is, yeah, plugins are great and they help you accomplish things without having to pay a web development company and do all this custom code and, Uh, you know, go through the hassles that we would have had to go through four or five years ago, but plugins take up a lot of resources. So use plugins, but be very careful about how many you're using. And if you install a bunch of them and you're only using a couple, delete the ones that you're not using because all of that takes up resources. It makes your site run slower. It leaves a lot of loopholes for even security breaches. Oh, really? Yeah. And other things that can really, that can mess your site up. So, I mean, you know, as you know, I have a podcast and the website for my podcast, I mean, I own a web development company and the website for my podcast was down for like half a day and it was caused by a plugin plugin and some new hosting that we were just using that, that weren't getting along at all. And it, it took us, you know, give or take half a day to troubleshoot it and figure out what that was. So be wary of how many plugins you use. They're fun. They're great. But again, going back to our very initial part of the conversation today, don't go crazy with how much stuff you're trying to make your website do. Yeah. Focus it around one to three things and be careful about how much stuff you're putting on it because it'll run slower. It has a better chance of crashing, better chance of issues. So be, be cautious with plugins. So should you delete the ones that you're not using anymore or is deactivating them okay? I would, I would delete them if yeah. you're not using them. I mean, you can True. deactivate it and that should work. But, you know, what Better if... Safe and sorry. Yeah, what if somebody else does it? I mean, that takes up a little bit of space. What if somebody else goes in and says, oh, cool, I'll test this out and now you have it activated and you don't even know about it. So better, better safe than sorry. Just delete it because even Lindsay, like you and I have run into a mutual client. We don't always necessarily know what plugins are being used and what's not. That's true. So just get rid of them, get rid of the clutter. And I guess it would even be prudent to have like a check-in with your developer. Like, are there any updates that need to get done? Are there any plugins that need to be taken away or updated or like those kinds of things? Are there certain like, maintenance things that people should definitely be aware of versus just setting up their website and Hey, I'm good to go. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean with WordPress and so many people using WordPress now, especially in the small business industry, um, WordPress has to be updated. And what happens is if you don't update WordPress, then you're open to more security risk of your site. So if you missed three or four updates, there's a much greater likelihood that your website's going to get hacked and 
I mean, if you're not backed up, you could actually lose your website just by yeah. not WordPress. So, you know, going through WordPress, updating actual WordPress, updating plugins, that is really important to do. Here's one to that that you need to be aware of is that depending on how your site was built, if there was some customization and if you used a web development company, there probably is a little bit of customization in there. Um, you have to be cautious. So when you go into update plugins and update WordPress, if, if that customization isn't being paid attention to, it can actually break portions of the site. Yeah. So when you do go do it, I think what you mentioned is a great idea. Just kind of have a, maybe a monthly or a quarterly check-in with your web development company and say, hey, got a bunch of stuff that needs to be updated. Should, is there anything that I should be aware of when making these updates? And just kind of have them on standby or, you know, a lot of web companies for almost nothing will go in and do all the updates for you. And then if something does break, they can fix it pretty quickly. Yeah, because there's insurance packages or something like that, right, that you can purchase with web developers? Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of like ongoing maintenance yeah. or updates or, yeah, every company's a little bit different. But right. just have that, have that talk with them. Perfect. Now, I know we spoke a little bit about some of the biggest mistakes, but are there like three key things that someone right now should say, hey, look at your website and make sure you have this? Yeah. So um, I would go back to the mobile friendly checker yeah, for sure. on your website through that, because just as kind of a little asterisk to that, why we keep harping on that so much is a year ago, actually, yeah, about a year ago, April of 2015, Google came out with a mobile friendly update. And what that means is that if your website is not mobile friendly, they actually drop you out of the search results. I remember that. Yeah. So, so it's super important. Even though we're a year into this, there's still a lot of websites that aren't mobile friendly. So um, number one, check out, make sure it's mobile friendly. Um, number two would be make sure that you have really good calls to action. Make sure it's easy to show your phone number. I mean, I know we're kind of going back to mm -hmm. don'ts, but these are the things that people miss and they're, they're looking for these overly technical things to do and what's the next best thing. Right. And they're missing the really simple stuff that creates the most revenue for the website. Well, yeah, because some people are just so focused on making it look good and be like fancy sliders and like gallery pictures like just making it really, Oh, it looks high tech or it looks pretty and fancy. But I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm sure there are a lot of you're, you're not achieving your goals or you're not going to get the best results. Exactly. By taking, you know, just focusing on those things. Exactly. So, so make sure that it's, you have very clear calls to action. Um, you know, maybe put some sort of a download there or something that you can, give to people in exchange for their email address. Yeah. Whether it's a, a, a checklist, a to-do list, coupons, something like that, you know, offer people something that maybe don't need your service right now, but offer them something that's a little bit more general that might help them solve a problem in exchange for their email address. So now you can continue marketing to them. Exactly. That's totally key. So kind of changing the topic slightly, how would you make your website more search engine friendly and kind of what does that mean for our listeners there? Cool. Good one. So search engine friendly basically just means that 
Google likes your website. And when I talk about Google, I'm also talking about Yahoo and Bing, but we all know Google is exactly the leading industry or industry leader. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is when we optimize something for Google, it works in Yahoo and Bing as well. Exactly. (laughs) So focus, focus on Google and and you'll be fine. Um, So search engine friendly, like I said, just basically means that Google's algorithm likes the way that your website functions and how people interact with it. So Google's only job is to give the most relevant result to its searcher. And so when you're building your website, both from a structural standpoint and technical and from a content standpoint, you have to find a way to be the most relevant resource on that topic Mm -hmm. in order to show up in search. So your content need to, needs to revolve around kind of what are those search terms and what are those keywords right. in order to, to show up. And then um, some of the other kind of a little bit more technical aspects is how fast does your website load? Um, how are people interacting with it? So let's say you have a, a blog on your website and people are finding your most recent blog post, but they're leaving immediately. They're only staying on the page seconds that sends a signal to Google that you oh, are not really? a relevant resource. Interesting. Yeah. So time on site, um, bounce rate, which just means if somebody comes to the site and leaves immediately without really taking any action, that's right. called a bounce. Okay. So if you have a really high bounce rate, that means people aren't finding your website useful for what it is you're showing up in search results. So you want to try to resolve that either making your site more relevant for what you're really trying to do or make your content and information more engaging or make your site more user friendly. Um, and one of the tools for that, Google has another cool tool. That's the, the speed checker. Yeah. I think if you just Google, Google speed checker, it should come up first. Um, yeah. I can even send you a link to it. Perfect. But, um, but that's a really good one. So that'll tell you both desktop and mobile. How fast is your site loading? Um, does it have all the information that it, that it needs to have? Is it, uh, are people easily able to engage with the site? And it'll, it'll even tell you how to fix the things that are causing issues. Oh, nice. Yeah. Google's and, great. I mean, Oh my God. The things that they get, it's, it blows my mind, but can't they also read like how far down a page they read or like if they're only absorbing the top part of a page versus going all the way down and clicking on something on the bottom? Yeah, absolutely. And and that kind of ties back in with the the whole user engagement piece. You know, are they scrolling? How far are yeah, they scrolling? Exactly. Are, they, are they leaving? Are they bouncing without taking any action or scrolling down the page at all? So all of those just send signals to Google to how relevant is your website for those terms that people are finding you for. So share, I mean, I know the answer, but people, how, like, how do people get these stats, right? How do they know if their website is doing all these things? Again, it goes back to Google, Google analytics. It's a free tool. Everybody should have it installed on their website. There's all kinds of other analytics out there, but I mean, for us, we use Google, right. all of our clients. I mean, come on, it's a multi-billion dollar company. I'm pretty sure they have some really <laughs> they smart, doing. <laughs> yeah, they got some smart developers there. So I would use Google analytics. It's really easy to install on the site. If you don't have it, there's all kinds of YouTube videos out there that show you how to do it. But analytics will tell you amazing amounts of information. 
even even to the basics like we were talking about bounce rate yeah uh, user engagement time on site um, how people are finding you where your traffic is coming from because there's a lot of spam traffic out there now from Russia and Germany and stuff so you'll be able to tell if you're getting if you're having issues like that as well Awesome. Now I know for you on your um, site, you've got an amazing website evaluation tool. Um, obviously, you know, they, you're the go-to expert for SEO and, and getting advice from you, but you have a great tool. Can you look, tell people how to find that? Yeah. So it's on the homepage of our website. It's www.sequus.com. S-E-E-Q-U-S.com. And it's just right at the very top of our website because like we talked about earlier, we, we want to give people value and yeah. that's one of the most valuable things that we can give is an instant website evaluation. And so all you do is you go through a couple little steps. You basically put in your website, um, a few keywords that you think that you want to rank for and you can even select the city or the town that you're in so that you get a more accurate result based on what somebody searching in your town would, would get. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, you can't and fix what you don't know, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and so the tool will tell you a few things. It'll tell you some of the things that we talked about, like uh, site speed. Mm -hmm. so it'll actually rank your site speed. Um, it will tell you if there's any technical errors on the site. It will tell you some basic stuff for SEO, like, do you have a bunch of keywords and meta descriptions that are too long or that are missing? Okay. Do you, yeah. Do you have broken images or broken links on the site? Right. So it, it, and then it'll even tell you where your two keywords rank in search engines. So you'll know if you're on the first page or not and where you rank on the first page. So you can kind of determine how well or how well you're not doing when it comes to SEO. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool tool and I think it takes maybe four or five minutes for it to churn through and run everything and then it'll email you the report. Oh, perfect. Well worth it. Again, like if you don't know what's broken or what's wrong, how are you going to improve it? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, check out, check out that free tool. Thanks for, thanks for bringing it up. You betcha. Perfect. So thank you so much. I mean, we could talk on and on about websites. Um, I know I love the topic and obviously you do too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. You've given us tons of great information. Um, so folks, for all of you that are out there, um, thanks for joining us uh, for this episode of Sailing to Success podcast. So you can go to lindsayphillips.com. So that's L-Y-N-D-S-A-Y-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S to listen to this podcast, others, videos, and read my blogs as well. Um, so until next time, folks, I wish you a productive and profitable week, and may the winds always be at your back. You've been listening to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. 
Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.